You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. Since there is no summer movies, we are going back in our Wayback Machine and looking at some classic films. This time we are going back to the year 1963, and we are looking at the classic. It's a mad, 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 mad world, and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk all about it in a little bit. We got a great crew who have their cars ready because we're all looking for the big W. You don't know what it is. We don't know where it is. It'll just be a lot of fun to see where it is and everything. But before I get started, the man who hopefully won't kick the bucket is Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, sir? We could all use a little big W in our lives. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, it'd be pretty awesome if we could, you know, find that little treasure under the W. It'd be pretty cool to do. If you have to go through what they did, um, I don't know if it's worth it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know it, and it's funny because living in Southern California, I know where most of the places were where they were back then, and it wasn't worth them taking an airplane flight or uh, you know stuff like what they, a lot of them went through. It was just it was a lot of fun, and it's gonna be a lot of interesting time to talk all about it. We got later Alex and Ashley going to be joining us tonight. So it should be a lot of fun to do that. But before we get started, of course, we'd love to hear from you guys at home. Hope everybody's doing okay. Please write us at feedback. Oh, not that one. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Of course, the show is brought to you by the fine folks at our favorite sunglass place, Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is the home of the $25 pair of really awesome sunglasses. All the colors you could choose, all the ways you want to do it. Tifosi, that's right, folks. Just go to tifosioptics.com and put in ESO Network in the coupon part, and you get 10% off your order. Not too bad. I think it's pretty darn off. So Tifosi Optics, thank you from the bottom of our heart. And speaking of the bottom of our heart, we'd also like to thank our patrons for helping support the ESO network. If you haven't heard about us talking and yapping about the ESO Patreon, folks, we just went live with the new episode of the ESO Board Silly podcast. That's right, exclusive only to the subscribers of the ESO patron. And for only a dollar a month, you could listen to that and you can also get really other fine content. And every time you go in there, you help support the ESO network. It's not too bad. Earth Station One is a founding member of the ESO network and we definitely would love to have you guys help us out to continue doing this what we'd love to do weekly because you know it does cost money to do podcasts but you know we would do it out of the goodness of our own hearts as we like to say what else can you do speaking of eso network we actually have some new folks joining us martha and Brittany, you guys ready, you guys ready? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> as you've been laughing at us doing this all our stuff so far you guys are like, like I can't all believe I can they're is. doing all this and how bad yeah, they're messing up. Could never have been you know. school together. No, oh my God. I felt like <laughs> that we're sitting in the back of the class trying to be quiet. It's like somebody's going to separate us. 
you guys are like giggling and like snickering. It's like, oh God, what am I doing wrong? So it's like, it wasn't it's you. awesome. And at one point she did something and I see her looking at me in the camera. <laughs> I'm trying not to make Never look at yourself in the camera, guys. You got to know no, that. I, I always, I mean, <laughs> we're cosplayers. We always look at ourselves in the camera or the mirror. <laughs> that is. is awesome. Well, well officially, uh, we can welcome you to the ESO Network. We are glad to have, but first, let's talk nerdy as part of uh, uh, the many podcasts that are on the network. Uh, you guys have... Been doing the podcast for, you started this year, correct? Yes. yes. We started at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> a perfect time to start a podcast, you know? Yes. Absolutely. It turns out we've got a lot of free time on our hands. <laughs> Understandable. And, and, and a lot of folks do to listen as well. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves pre-podcast. What uh, what uh, what were you guys into? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the podcast is just us in the general same, same sort of we're things. big nerds same things comics go books, books whatever games. we both just work and be nerds that's mm-hmm. all we really do <laughs> and we moved to vegas so that's nice <laughs> awesome and and you guys you said uh um you guys are cosplayers right uh how long have you guys been doing that i've been cosplaying for <laughs> 18 years <laughs> <laughs> so basically from birth got it I was that makes total sense years old when uh-huh. i started cosplaying oh <laughs> yeah yeah i'm somewhere i'm probably about 12 years at this point no you're not what <laughs> you i'm so lost on after 10 years i stopped counting to be totally when honest. did you when was your first convention do you remember 2006 14 okay. Yeah, I was 2003. Yeah, no, I'm not. But I said 12. Oh, how many years? No, I'm I saying 12 years. You we don't know math. I understand. The podcasters, they're not, you know, mathematicians. But I don't know Absolutely. numbers, apparently. We don't talk about numbers. They're not, they're not kind, that kind of nerd, right? Not the, yeah, not exactly. the <laughs> Martha just started a D&D with, with co-workers and, and no, oh, my brother and your brother uh, some friends from high school yeah it's not my thing there's but... more math there but uh, there's a there's stuff that does the math for you sorry i touched you <laughs> um i have now do you take job, so do you I'm take not... the cosplay i mean is it is it serious you guys make your own costumes and yeah so mostly we make our own costumes so if you consider that serious yes we sure, take it sure. serious mm-hmm. that way when it comes to like going to events and like like being people. Being people, we're just there to have fun, and it's not... At, we both have careers of our own. It's not meant to be, like, <laughs> you know, anything to satiate us or, like, any of that stuff. It's just... It's serious as in, you know, yeah, we do slave away hours you in the middle of the night, the week before the con, finishing our costumes, but we just go, and we have fun, and we see friends, and we hang out, and, you know, stuff like that. What what uh, do you, do you specify in any sort of spe- you know specific characters or is it just across the board? Whatever you really guys are whatever into. Whatever we're feeling. Moment. I mean, I think we each have characters we like to go to. There are certain characters yeah. that we've done three, four, five different mm-hmm. outfits of. But when you start to do it for over ten years, almost <laughs> twenty years in my case, I probably have over two hundred costumes, and it's all just how I'm feeling and what speaks to me with outfits that I see mm-hmm. and and you know what you're into. At what the you're time. into at the time. You know, you can have planned for something, and then you know a month later, you're like, no, I want to do this instead. <laughs> 
so you just go do that instead. <laughs> Follow your whims and then yeah. you end up with a lot of extra fabric. Yes, yes. It's a lot of so, fabric. <laughs> so do you do you guys remember what your earliest fandoms were? What were you really into like at an early age? What really got you sort of like nerdy, so to speak? Yeah, kind of. Um, so the like Batman the animated series, um, also like the Superman animated series, all of those old X Men, like the '90s cartoon uh, cartoons are where I mostly mm-hmm. started. And then we also had a lot of old comic books up at um, my family has a cabin in the Adirondacks, and I kind of cut my teeth on that sort of thing. Mine was actually a, I have vivid memories in middle school. So, I was little. Cute. The Powerpuff Girls. Oh, no. And we would each pick Powerpuff Girls to be. And I remember even on one picture day, we each picked a Powerpuff Girl and dressed up accordingly with the colors. So, who were you? I was was Blossom that day. Yeah. But I normally am more... Well, technically, I guess I'd be more of a Buttercup now. But Bubbles is my favorite. (laughs) I am more of a Buttercup now. But Bubbles is my favorite. Um, what got you into podcasting? Okay, so we watch a lot of Drunk History, and we basically were like, it'd be really fun to do that, except in with nerd stuff, because that's what we know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we listen to a lot of podcasts. We have a bunch of podcasts that we weekly listen to together. So we're like, you know what? It would be fun to do that. And then when quarantine happened, we're like, might as well do it. Like, now's the time <laughs> to try it out and see. And we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. It's just like a conversation. We'd be talking about this nerdy crap with each other anyways. So... Might as well record ourselves and pretend we matter. <laughs> so, so does your does your show have a structure, or what can people expect if they if they tune in? So, usually, our structure is each of us pick a topic. We don't tell each other what the topic's going to be, and it can be anything, anything nerdy from anime, video games, comic books, um, conspiracy theories. At some point, Weird books, history. history, anything that the we internet. are into, yeah into. And we each, like I said, we don't tell each other until that day of recording. We surprise each other with the topic. And then we talk about it all while we have a few seltzers in our system just to loosen us up and make us a little funnier. So uh, that's usually the structure. Um, Every once in a while, we plan a, like, joined one. We had an episode on MJ and Gwen Stacy for Peter Parker's Girlfriends that we... Both did picked a girl and then talked about them, so it was a joined episode. Mm-hmm. But usually it's a whatever we're feeling, and then we we surprise them, and we each have a half of the podcast. I'm always very surprised. It, always. <laughs> She's always really surprised and excited. <laughs> very excitable. <laughs> and you guys have had, I think you just released uh, episode 12, is that correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. 13 so comes out are... tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you guys are well on your way. Um, yeah, uh, yeah they're going to catch up yet. They're going to yeah, they're going to catch up to us in no time, Mike. <laughs> oh, exactly. I can well, see the competition coming, and you know, we'll we'll say okay, cheers, take it. <laughs> so, uh, so before I turn you over to the, the geek seat, man, uh, just have to ask because in addition to your episodes, which I've listened to a couple of them. I love the uh, the artwork that you guys are doing that sport each one of your episodes. Which one of you guys does that? That's her. That's me. I am doing that. Um, I spend a lot of time doing art, especially now that we are in quarantine. 
And then uh, we played around with the idea. It was my idea, but she's mm-hmm. the artist. Yeah. So. Well, and there were a couple things that were my ideas, and then you were like, would you Do this? throw this yeah. in and she throw made, that in? She made our, our logo, too, and then, like, you know, you critique it and then make it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But she does Have all the... Have you thought the, about throwing yeah. in our weird She does characters. all the actual, <laughs> uh, the actual art, because I can't draw. <laughs> I always love to see where the cats are or where the cactus is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> You're right. It's fine. Is. Yeah, she's right, right over here. here. That's her. <laughs> Our cactus is outside soaking up the sun. <laughs> As, that cactuses. Is awesome. As cactuses do. <laughs> exactly. Well, very cool. Well, I think before we uh, also go move on, we have to also say that in addition to yourselves, uh, that uh, another uh, person here on the network is helping you out with your podcast, and that yes. is uh, Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast, correct? Yes, yep, he edits everything to make us not sound super obnoxious every (laughs) podcast episode. So I don't know how he deals with it. He's a saint. Saint. (laughs) Well, we know from personal experience he has a high tolerance for chickens anyway. Yes, yes, that's true. I'm shocked he didn't, you know, have you incorporate chickens into your podcast. Not yet. Well, who knows? We they have to may figure be, that they out. They may be in there. A, a lot uh, of times we'll we'll say things or do things. We'll be like, Kevin, this is just for you, but make sure you cut it out. <laughs> that is awesome. Next unit. Next Martha's going to start hiding a secret chicken in each picture or something like that. <laughs> you know, you no, know, that's not a bad idea. Uh oh. You think they're ready, Mikey? They are ready. They are warmed up and ready to go. Okay. The way we're going to do this is I'm going to ask a series of questions and answer as best as he can and, you know, just have fun with it. Try not to scream in horror at some of the questions. (laughs) I think you guys will be okay. And, you know... You know, secretly we've been, you know, tying you guys up, you know, with the geek seat and everything, you know, (laughs) it's a little bondage, but it's okay. But, you know, it's, it's all friendly because we're part of the same network now. So it's okay. It's it's, it's part of the initiation. It's part of the initiation. A friendly kidnapping. Exactly. Well, we only call it the ESO hazing for a little bit, you know, it'll be okay. You know, you could ask Kevin how to take care of the scars or something like that. He still has some of the, you know, the rope burns. So it's okay. All right, ladies, what was your favorite geek out moment? I'm sorry, I just nearly spilled my drink. I actually thought about this. I have a good one. And okay. I think she'll agree because she was there. Probably. So we went and saw the first Avengers movie. At midnight that in was Boston. Literally what I really? Was oh my yeah, god, yeah, we're yeah, like yeah. hive mind. It's fine. <laughs> so we went to see it in Boston midnight. We were dressed up as Shield agents, mm-hmm. and we were with a friend who's dressed up as Loki. I lost my car in the <laughs> garage. Somehow Martha didn't know where she parked, and it's we like, couldn't find stole it. My car. Really? Like, okay, it was one of those. That nights. is a geek out moment. That's just not. an extra point. Mm-hmm. So I specifically remember the whole movie. It was great, but when it gets to that part in the Avengers when they're in New York city they're finally all together and they do that nice like pan around of all six of the avengers and the whole theater at three in the morning just was screaming and lit up and Mm -hmm. was so excited and whenever i think about those movies and what they like mean it's like that's the moment i think of because that's like what started it all and it was crazy and it's probably one of the best things i can think of for a geek out moment (laughs) 
that no. I would like to talk Agree about. Agree with that. That's awesome. I like that. I what was your most? Go to that yeah, one. no, no. I was like, you know. All right, we're going to see how many of these <laughs> you guys match up around. on. You know, it's the hive mind coming. To help, <laughs> you know? So, this what is what happens most... when you're in quarantine a... with each other since March? You become yeah. the same person. <laughs> oh, I know. You probably start finishing each other's sentences and everything. Well, they're still early in their podcasting journey. They haven't learned to hate each other yet. I know. I Wait know. To... We've been friends. <laughs> Wait till you get to episode five hundred. Like, you know, that's the first downhill. You know. And we constantly, well, at least I, we constantly tell each other how much we hate each other. Oh yeah. And we don't really know. I always ask her why she is like she is because she is obnoxious most of the time. <laughs> well, there you I go. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> what was your most disappointing geek out moment? New 52. I was oh, really mad about the New 52. The new 52 is oh, Agreed. I was so mad. And I was like, yes. I guess I just won't read any DC comics for a while. <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> and what they did to Steve Rogers in Endgame. I'm very tailored. Yeah, I'm so I mad heard your about podcast it. on that. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast on that, and there's going to be a lot of salt and a lot of rage. I just won't do one that week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that totally makes sense. What geeks you out the most? I'm a big video game geek. Okay. That's actually my forte when it comes to video games and I don't know. I like when they like the new thing now is like remaking things and I actually love that because I love all the old things, the older video games and having them like remaster them and remake them is actually really exciting. Especially I think I they... cried over the Final Fantasy when they re- when they announced the Final Fantasy VIII remaster. I'm pretty sure I cried. Wow! Yeah, because <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII gets no love and it's my favorite video game of all time. And I was like <laughs> in bed and I woke up to it and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Immediate emotion. Immediate emotion. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, of course. Okay, Martha, you have the same answer or? Honestly, tends to. I'm more of a comics or like fantasy and sci-fi. Can you stop I'm touching sorry. me? We have to be really close. <laughs> <laughs> this is our podcast too. <laughs> stop touching me! Stop touching me! <laughs> you usually cut out most of the times so when we end up like touching each other. feet. Martha constantly touches my feet. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Because we I... cut it out, but it happens every single episode. <laughs> That, yeah. That's why that's why Mike and I don't record from the same location anymore. No, whenever <laughs> we're at Dragon Con, footsies all the time. You know, see, we sit on the same couch, which is not a good idea. We'll just podcast from our own rooms. Yeah, it's long enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, it is. Okay. What turns your geek off? Ignorant bull. Can I swear? Can we yeah. swear? Yeah, of course okay. you can. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, like I'll beep you, but it's okay. looked down upon because we're girls. Ooh, it yes. happens at conventions all the time where people will, or anywhere, people will question your geekdom and your mm-hmm. nerddom because we're females. Gatekeeping. Which gross. is not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. That gets yeah. probably real annoying. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, you come at me with that and I will shut you down. I'm too, too old for that bull-
<laughs> one of those like do I engage because I want to not give this person the thing and then I'm like but I have to destroy them yes I have to mm -hmm. no hmm. <laughs> what fictional character would you like to meet the most this is the hardest <laughs> we were talking about this one earlier and this is a hard question and Martha's head just exploded it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard question. It's a long, it's a long, long list, list and a hard question. So the most, it's really hard. It's really hard. I really... I feel like I'm I, leaning towards Wanda right now. Oh, I was leaning towards Cap. And that's just because that's like what our thing is right now. That's what I'm thinking if, about. If I was hot on something else, it would be a completely different mm -hmm. answer. But Steve Rogers' Cap is usually what would pop into my brain. And get like some sort of food though. with... Uh, Sailor Moon and all of them. Oh, that would be, be the best too. thing in my life. You know that food would be that'd good. That'd be so fine. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. There's a. It's. It's hard. It's a long That's list. A hard, that's a long <laughs> list. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, on your podcast, you could just list it out, you know, basically. Yeah. Who you want it's to. true. We would need about eight episodes to go through that list, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> if only you had a show that you could do that on, you know? <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> what fictional character would you not like to meet? This one's a little bit easier. Yes. Um, I think, so I'm a toss-up between Zephyroth and the Joker. They both okay. I was thinking Red Skull or the Purple Ooh. Man from... Ooh, they're also real bad. Oh, from my yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. If you're for a, both a of them. Nazi or you can control somebody's <laughs> mind, I don't want to meet okay. you. okay, just remember Sharon made him real big. <laughs> Sharon... <laughs> Uh, here's a fun hint from our podcast. Uh, Sharon made the Red Skull very, very big at one point to not lose him. She didn't want to lose him, so she made him real big. He's big. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sharon Carter. If you Use wanted to know a fact about I Sharon Carter. I would also like to meet Sharon Carter. Yeah. <laughs> mm, she's cute. She's so cute. What is your favorite geek phrase, quote, pose? I think both of us instantly went to just, like, the Sailor Moon pose. Uh-huh. That's Ooh, usually that one. Mm -hmm. Or you that one, yeah, it's usually the one I go to with poses. In the name of the moon, we'll punish you, blah, blah, blah. You know. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a good pose. Mm -hmm. what, what do you want from us? Avengers roll out. <laughs> yeah, just Avengers assemble. <laughs> roll out. That's me being a dick. You're being a dick. <laughs> Did you know, side rant, uh -oh. after... After they shot the scene where Chris Evans said Avengers Assemble, mm -hmm. they all went out. They were all out that night because I think it was one of their last days of shooting. And Chris Evans was drunk and texted everyone Avengers Assemble so they'd all out and go all go out and drink. This is my surprise face. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That is awesome. What is your ideal geek occupation? So I was saying I'd want to be the person that like creates all of the cute little clothes that you can change into, whether it's like Animal Crossing or in the Pokemon game, you can change it. If you have the option of changing your clothes in a, in a game, I want to be the person creating all the clothes. Oh, okay. The animal Crossing clothes. are really cute. They're so cute. <laughs> so a, I wouldn't mind a costume like designer. A yes, but specifically just for the cute clothes you can change into. Yes. <laughs> not making things in real life. No. Just ideas. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> okay. okay. 
Yeah, I wouldn't what? mind consulting on the things that I know a lot about so that they're done well in the media. <laughs> you know. Well, of course. I think if somebody wanted to pay me for my opinions, that would be really great. <laughs> well, that's why you podcast. Come on, you know. Working on We're working that on that, that money, getting that money. Uh, famous podcast money, yeah. You know. sweet, sweet podcast cash. Mm-hmm. I guess Kevin didn't teach you all that well then. <laughs> what geek occupation would you not like to do? Almost anything else. You say the rest of them. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I like my career choice, I'm so I'm good. good with what's yeah. going on in my life. Well, especially you've got a new job now, so it's awesome. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. All right. Are you guys ready for your final question in the geek seat? Yes. I think so. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? <laughs> uh, this this question can get very NC seventeen. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We've had we had one person say they wanted to ride naked uh, on the back of a dragon through a battle. So you know, I feel like that would be end so wrong. uncomfortable and not good for you. Our dragon's probably very spiky warm and pointy. <laughs> like it's like yeah, no, okay. I mean, to each their own. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I anything like, goes, guys. This is your segment. <laughs> um, it reveals too much of me as a person. Yeah. I would like Tony Stark to yeah, we will me all of my, his money. I just want Tony Stark to give me a, like a five to $10,000 allowance every month. Yes. Okay. That's it. That's it. Pay off my debt. That's all I need. Okay. But I want him to never talk to me because I hate Tony Stark. <laughs> wow. Boys. Wow. wow. I don't like him. If you're not on Cap's side, you're on the wrong side. <laughs> Question. Would she- you rather be paid by Tony or Bruce? Both Bruce. Terrible. Okay. <laughs> but Bruce sucks too. Also. Wow. At first I was like, the Hulk, does he have a lot of money? No. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't think that. And then I was like, he Bruce doesn't. I feel like Bruce Wayne would be better about actually leaving me alone. Oh, absolutely. He would just give me money and leave me alone. Tony Stark would try to be an asshole. It's the different types of socially awkward. One yes. of them wants to be in your face, and the <laughs> other one wants to be away from you forever. <laughs> Literally poke me in the eyeball. It's fine. <laughs> the roommates. Tony you can tell. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, not so great either. But you'll hear about that if you listen to our podcast. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So, ladies, I got some good news for you. You've you've made it through the geek seat. Congratulations! Whoa! You are officially part of the ESO network now, Mr. Oh, Mike Gordon. Yeah. Tell the young ladies what they've won. They have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO network, which they are now part of. They value easily worth sixteen dollars and twelve cents. <laughs> but it's only in, it's only in station funds. It's not in real cash. It's fine. It's, it's fine. like Disney. Cash. We're easy to appease. Yeah, the closer you get to Earth, the less it's worth. Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh, um, okay, so where can people go to to find out about your podcast? Find out all that information as well as listen in. So we are on Apple Podcasts. Awesome. We are on Spotify. 
we go through Podbean. Um, it's all, but first, let's talk nerdy. And then we have an Instagram, which is just um, at, but first, let's talk nerdy. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out to us, our email is just, but first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com. Awesome. That's where you can get all the download. The Instagram is the best place to go to like look at stuff. We post everything there. That's where all the yeah. art goes. Yes. All right. Well, is, we'll definitely have awesome. a link to that in our show notes. And of course, you can find them on esonetwork.com. Exactly. Welcome, welcome. It's going to be a great honor to have you both part of the network. Thank you so much. We're excited. <laughs> Very awesome. Well, let's take a quick break now, and we will be back, and we are going to be searching for the big W, and it's a mad, mad, mad world. I think I did enough mads there. No, you missed one. Oops. <laughs> All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Threatened to live for their daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere. Their tears are filling up their glasses. Claire here with a special announcement. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't cancel Dr. Geek's laboratory. It fell into development purgatory thanks to MacGuffinite crystals or some such science from fiction nonsense. I've put an end to that. I locked all the staff inside the laboratory for the duration of the crisis. Now they can create 24-7 without petty distractions like home lives or free will. Look for new Dr. Geek episodes coming soon. The gay dynamics last up against the wall when the robots rise. A United Airlines jet lands in Los Angeles, launching the biggest entertainment airlift in motion picture history. The world's press, some 300 newsmen from four continents, arrive for the Hollywood premiere of Stanley Kramer's It's a Man, 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 Man. There was a certain amount of money buried down in this park. Now, I suggest that we quietly get into our cars, and then when we get down there, we dig up the money, providing that there is some money there. There's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. And so begins the maddest, wildest, zaniest chase ever filmed, as our merrymakers race across country by land, by sea, by air. For somewhere, there's a fortune in buried treasure. Which one of our Mad World comedy stars will be the first to reach it? Now, where have I always told you that the smiler hid the dough? Where? Uh, right there. The world's critics go stark raving mad, mad, mad. The wildest chase comedy on record, raved the New York Journal American. Nobody's going to get me up in the air. A smash. Has more laughs than any other comedy in the history of the screen, raved the Los Angeles Herald Examiner. Why can't you have a little confidence in me? It's a man. Can't afford to miss this. Wildest comedy ever filmed, added the Boston Record American. Help! Help! Reggie, say something! Everything you've heard is true. It's the biggest entertainment that ever hit the screen with laughter. Oh, that runner! No! No, 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 no! Wild and hilarious all the way. 
It's a mad, 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 mad world is everything its extravagant title suggests, says the New York Times. A wham-doodle, humdinger, stemwinder, said the New York World Telegram and Sun. Great Britain's Manchester Guardian applauded with exuberant, exhilarating, triumphant, marvelous, wild, prodigious slapstick, exclaimed the New York Post. Everyone who's ever been funny is in it. Our traffic is so congested. Mass confusion on wheels. But Detroit is a droid. What they'll do in Detroit is make bigger automobiles. So be a happy fellow. Be a clown boy. Punch and mellow. Get off the shelf and enjoy yourself. It's a man. Hey everyone, welcome back. Now it's time to go back to 1963, where we're going to be searching for $350,000 or 350 simoleons that are buried somewhere in Santa Rosita. We've got to go find the big W. Here's some time for It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And to review this classic movie, we have with us our two movie folks. You know, I almost feel like I should call you experts now. Uh, especially since we're covering so many classic movies this year. Uh, Ashley, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you, as always. And the return of Alex. Yeah, glad to be back. We are glad to have you, sir. Um, before we get started, um, well, you know, normally we do the box office numbers. Yeah. Uh, this, it's still relevant, 1963. Uh, this was a, uh, a huge gamble, I think, for uh mgm as far as well united artist mgm right um because it's a big big i don't i don't know if there are bigger comedies than this yeah and and the fact that you know when they when they did this um doing a film that one had this many big names um both not just in in you know i mean in in the genre of comedy um both up and coming and already established uh but as you know and honestly you know we can talk about the box office this had a worldwide box office of 60 million dollars which for that's 1963 money 1963 money is really really good um and and again you know they they put together an amazing cast uh with a a screwball concept and people came to see this movie. So, I mean, 60 million worldwide is nothing to sneeze at um, for, for a film um, uh, of this caliber. And I don't think we've seen a, a movie with a cast this large um, make any kind of money like this with, I guess, maybe the exception of Avengers Endgame. I was going to say, Endgame would probably be the closest one you could think of, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which it is did crazy. okay for itself. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a comedy Endgame. 
right? <laughs> this is this is, this is it's a comedy endgame, and and movies like this have have not come close to the success. Uh, and according to uh, the research here, at least on Wikipedia, yes, it did have a uh, worldwide uh, gross of sixty million. Uh, yep. However, it only earned a profit of one point two five million because costs were so high. So, yep. so yeah, they, they, it, what you, it's all on the screen. And yep. they needed a big screen for this. It's it's a big screen, and it's it's uh, well over three hours, almost four hours long. Oh. Uh, if you include the intros, the outros, the intermission, whatnot, um, yeah, it's one of the longest comedies I think uh, I've ever seen. Not um, since Endgame again. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you'll laugh. And you'll keep on laughing. Yeah. No <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> And it uh, literally was a who's who of the comedy world at that time. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely. was just it was just awesome. And there there's only one person I know that refused to be in this movie at the time. And that was Stan Laurel. Yeah. And right. Because, well, and that was only because he couldn't because uh because um Hardy couldn't be in it. Right. Well, ex- yeah. And, well, he, that, and he didn't want to he, he didn't want to go it alone. No, he didn't want to go alone, and he thought he would. He says, "I'm too old to be funny anymore." Wow, yeah. and that was really sad. So, uh, Ashley, what's your experience with this movie? Have you seen it before? Or did you Did you know about it? What What was the reputation that you had going into seeing this movie? So, I had actually seen it once before, either like middle and high school, and I remembered that it was funny and crazy and had a whole bunch of people in it, but I didn't really remember a lot of the plot. So, it was fun watching it again. It was almost like seeing a new movie, and I picked up a lot of details I think that may have flown over a high school me's head. So, I very much enjoyed revisiting it, and it was, it was still just as funny to me watching it now. So, um, now, now going in, so do you have, uh, you know, an appreciation, a familiarity with a lot of uh, the cast in here, a lot of these comedians? So this is the part where I have to be kind of embarrassed and admit, I don't know a lot of them by name, but I recognize like a lot of faces that I see are familiar. And it was fun just kind of like trying to pick out all the cameos, like seeing the Three Stooges as firefighters. Don Knotts as a guy just driving a car. Um, Andy Griffith is one of my favorite shows watching as a kid. So it was fun to see him. And I feel like even if you don't know all these actors by name, you recognize them like they look familiar. You have a little ping in the back of your mind like, oh, yeah, I've seen so and so before. And I really like how you referenced earlier, like this is basically the Avengers of comedians. Anybody who was anybody in comedy back then was in this movie. And I don't know if you could replicate this today with any kind of success just the level and caliber of actors that you had all gathered together for one crazy movie yeah i mean it is it is it is a crazy crazy movie uh that just yeah you said you didn't remember the plot which is kind of funny because it's pretty straightforward <laughs> yes i was kind of disappointed in myself it's like wow i didn't remember all this like the treasure hunting part so who knows what was going yeah. on back then but <laughs> yeah well you know i mean it's just a race right between a lot yes. of i mean we see it uh in it's been repeated many times since then right <clears throat> uh alex what's your personal experience with the movie um fall of 1990 Okay. And I can tell you that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> because um, I was a freshman in college and we were studying for our first set 
of exams. And it's that make it or break it kind of exam period, you know? And I'll be honest with you, man, I was sweating it. Um, I, it's, I'm, have made no secret about how bad I was in school. And I had spent three days cramming everything I could into my tiny little brain and was about to lose it. And one of the guys in the dorm walked past my door, knocked on it and said, Hey, the, uh, the rec center is showing it's mad, 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 mad world. Why don't you take a couple of hours and just veg for a bit? And that's exactly what I did. We came in, uh, came in shortly after it had started. The, the, the actual race was on uh, by the time we got in. But I spent the next two and a half plus hours just laughing at the ridiculous and just enjoying myself and actually had all of the stress that was on me just evaporate during that time period as I watched everybody else be as frantic as I was feeling. Um, so yeah, it's mad, 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 mad world was uh, pretty big for me um, when I, when I first saw it, cause it was just an opportunity to watch a movie with, you know, while it, while it's, you know, a, a straightforward plot, it's, it's, the plot's basically there to have a whole lot of really funny stuff happen. Absolutely. It's just a, just a MacGuffin, just an excuse. Yep. Uh, Mike, what's your experience with this movie? Well, probably about 1975-76, seeing this on PBS with my grandfather, actually. Wow, without commercial interruption. Without commercial interruption. Unless it was and, during Pledge Week. <laughs> then, it, no. then, it, then it lasted a whole week. <laughs> it, it was a week movie. You know, I, My grandfather said I didn't have to go to school. I needed to watch the movie. No, it was, it was a Saturday afternoon. And it was awesome. I had, you know, seen a lot of these actors before and other things. I knew Jonathan Winters from his comedy stand-up. I knew who Milton Berle was. I knew who Sid Caesar was. Uh, I knew Buddy Hackett. I knew uh, Mickey Rooney a little bit, but not that much at that point. Um, didn't know who Ethel Merman was, but I learned real fast after seeing this movie and, you know, a lot of the other, you know, people who, like, had more minor roles, it was just like, you know, Dick Shaw and, you know, a lot of the other folks. You just, you learned who they were from this movie. And, you know, how many legends you saw. You know, you had Jack Benny, you had Rochester, you had Pierre Falk, you had, you know, Jerry Lewis, and, of course, the great Spencer Tracy. And everything. I think this is the second to last movie he did. Yeah, so, he does look kind of up there in this. No, uh, he he lived another <laughs> what four years after this, but he passed away right after he um guess who's coming to dinner, which was his last film. So, you know, but yeah, he he only worked for nine days on this movie because he was so sick already. Because he was I, having... uh... go ahead. Oh, no, he was just supposed to have more of an expanded role than he even had 
in the film. And I thought he's, his role was great and perfect in this role. Oh, in the Tracy? Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably on screen the most. Um, I, I can't tell you when I first saw this movie. I can't tell you how many times I saw it. And I don't, but I don't, I know it's been a long time since I've watched it start to finish. Um, uh, it's weird. I think over the last maybe five, 10 years, I'll catch it every once in a while. Usually it's playing on uh, Turner Classic Movies or some station. And, and no kidding. Whenever I just tune in, I'm like, oh, it's on. Let me just see what scene in there on. Every single time, the, the the first thing I see is the Three Stooges. They're only in it for a second. And yet, every time I tune in to see this movie, that's the first thing I see, which is just bizarre. I think that's about at the ha- a little past the halfway point, too. No. Oh, yeah. Um, so it'd been a while since I saw, like, everything, and uh, uh, since the whole movie. And, uh, you know, I'd forgotten. You know, I knew everybody was in it, but I'd forgotten uh you know half the people that are in it um the main characters the the main cast spencer tracy milton burrell sid caesar uh buddy hackett ethel merman mickey rooney dick sean phil silvers jonathan winters i mean those are uh i mean that's just a who's who of pioneers of comedy television and movies right i mean that's that's just (laughs) um and then everybody else you know i forgot you know that uh that uh, all these other cameos and i think i noticed some for the first time uh in this one i i I think i know i didn't realize that uh, edward everett horton was not i i didn't think he was i didn't know he was in it until this time i'm like oh my god because he's barely in it and i think i think if i remember correctly this movie was supposed to be an hour longer yeah uh and and they cut it down i don't know if that cut exists but I mean, I think I, I'd certainly, you know, watch it because it's got to be full of more gold, right? <laughs> oh, of course. I, it's it's uh, directed by uh, both Zack Snyder and uh, and uh, 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 Peter Jackson. So yeah, there's got to be another two two and a half hours out. I'm gonna there. I'm gonna petition for the Kramer cut uh, as a next uh, HBO Max series. Yes. Um. Uh. So we'll see where that goes. Um. I, look, I, and unfortunately, you know, most of these these performers are no longer with us. Uh, you know, certainly when Carl Reiner hits the screen, uh, I, I felt a pang oh, yeah. in, in my heart uh, just because we had just lost him. Um, yeah, there's not, I don't know, there's not too many, I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to count how many people are still around in this. But another thing I noticed while watching it this time, too, was that in addition to movies like Cannonball Run and, you know, chase movies that we've already mentioned, um, the Airplane series has a lot that it owes this this movie, I think. Well, yeah. to be fair, the Airport series, <laughs> yes. um, which is really, you know, where, where, the, where, where Airplane got its shtick from. Um, but yeah, I mean, any of those, the Poseidon Adventure... Uh, towering inferno all of those were were movies that just had this huge cast of of uh of of actors but with this one a lot of people just put their egos aside and said yeah i'm gonna do a bit buster keaton 
Has well, like to be a, fair, Buster, Buster Keaton's in second, everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, the, you know, you get, and I'm so, thank you for say, mentioning Edward Everett Horton. Um, I, <laughs> I love I, him. I, I love him too, and I didn't know him as an actor. I only knew him as the, oh, uh, the voice, narrator, the voice for yes. uh, for Fractured Fairy Tales, yeah, uh, the Bullwinkle series, and there's a lot of voice actors in this as well. Mm-hmm. Pooh Bear was in there. Did, uh, Phil Silvers did uh, a lot of uh, voiceover work as well as uh, Stan Freeberg yep. uh, is, is, is in this film. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy to look at the cast. Mm-hmm. Norman Fell. Norman it's, Fell, pre-Ropers. Pre, uh, pre of course. Uh, um, look, if if this doesn't get Jim Backus the role on, on Gilligan's Island, I don't know what does. Like this is, Oh, that's right. This it is... was before that, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys there used to be an airline um that used that that phrase he had. It's the only way to fly, you know. Yes. <laughs> and it it used that and it was him doing the voice for it and it was mm-hmm. awesome. But just because of this film, he probably like you said, he probably set himself up as Thurston Howell for this. Yeah, I I've, I've I've seen, you know, uh, now since since the first time I saw this movie, uh, I am more familiar with a lot of these actors and comedians, their, their back work. Uh, so, uh, you know, I can appreciate them even more now. And, mm-hmm. and especially seeing them in doing things that they hadn't done before. Like this is the first time uh, I know of that Jim Backus has played that kind of, this kind of character. Uh, I don't know. This is even pre, is this pre Mr. Magoo? Oh, I think it's close. It's I think close. Mr. Magoo if, if might have if it's, if it's not, it's it's real close. Ashley, I want to uh, start with you about uh, your favorite characters. There's so many in here to choose from, but certainly there must be a couple that you must have latched on to and enjoyed watching. Uh, which which one stood out for you? I really liked the uh, detective or a police chief played by Spencer Tracy. I liked kind of following him behind the scenes as he's just kind of sitting back and letting these people do all their crazy stuff. And then I love the moment when you figure out like, Oh my goodness, he's going to swoop in, just take the treasure for himself and peace out. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Of course it doesn't quite work out for him in the end, but I loved that little twist. I thought that was a lot of fun. And um, one of the other things I enjoyed about this movie was just how the cast kind of keeps growing. You start with this small group of people who witness the accident and decide they're going to go out to do this treasure. But then when they try to ask people for help, they keep pulling more and more people into this and everybody's competing. And I just love all the times they're arguing about how they're going to divide up the loot. Like, well, you get three shares because of such and such. And then just trying to argue how they're going to do it fairly. It's just... It really is just a hoot. So it's hard to pick out a top favorite, but if I had to, it'd probably be the detective. But I just enjoyed seeing all the colorful characters that get picked up on the adventure along the way. So Tracy, you could argue, is uh, like the the sole straight man among all these comedians, really. Yeah, yeah uh, pretty that much. That is true. <laughs> My favorite scene is, you know, when they're, uh, when he's, he's you know, that the, the, that couple is trapped in the in the hardware store and he's, oh gosh, he's yes. like, he's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to get them out. And the other, the other cops like, no, we don't need to give them an advantage. And he, <laughs> that's, not, that's fair. not fair. <laughs> and he wins his case. <laughs> you know, instead, Tracy's like, okay, let's leave them there and see what they'll do to get out. <laughs> Let them blow themselves up. Who cares, right? 
Uh, Alex, what about you? Oh, man. Um, I grew up as a fan of Jonathan Winters. So it's so easy just to pick. (laughs) And and again, I'm from the South. And Jonathan Winters, I'm sorry, in this movie is playing the 1960s backwoods redneck tow truck guy. I mean, that's what he's playing in this. Um, And he plays it, you know, he does it exactly as Jonathan Winters would, over the top as possible and hysterical um i i just I just, just truly, don't make him angry yeah <laughs> he's he's the hulk of this event he's the hulk team. of the avengers team yeah <laughs> um no so i really in, enjoyed him but honestly um getting to see sid caesar and milton burl together mm. just when you because i mean you sit back and you look at it now i mean they were the kings of television at the time. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. They had established television and here they were working together um, was just kind of, uh, it, it's a surreal moment from a historical uh, aspect. I'm sure at the time it was just, Oh my God, he's funny. He's funny too. They're funny together. You know, um, but but looking at it from a historical context, uh, uh, just seeing two titans of comedy working their magic, and then a guy like you know uh, a, 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 you know Buddy Hackett, or who had already done a ton of stuff by that point, uh, or Jonathan Winters, not only holding their own but getting the belt out lines that are even funnier. Yeah. Now you just know not to get Jonathan Winters pissed or he'll tear yeah. apart your gas station. Yeah, yes, don't make, don't make him angry. Yeah. Uh, um, Mike, what about you? Ah, oh, man, it's tough. Cause it's like picking one of your favorite children type thing, because all these characters are rich in their own way. And, you know, for me, I've always favored towards Jonathan Winters as and, you know, he was awesome as Pike and, you know, the move as the moving, you know, his expressions, this whole in the whole movie, his face alone is worth the whole movie The like the scene where he crashes into the back of the car and hearing all the noises in the back of the moving truck, he's going, you know, like that. And then when he realizes that Phil Silver's character totally screwed him over it's just like the look on his face when he's just getting mad and it's like it's just awesome and then when he takes apart the gas station it's just it's just awesome it is he's just so talented and so fantastic in this it's just it's just awesome and everything the uh for me uh this time around anyway watching it you know i was watching it i'm enjoying everybody's performance uh you know seeing milton burrell uh you know as uh <laughs> and since these are together yes that's amazing um uh and buddy Milton, hackett milton burrell was actually very mellow in this one you know true yeah i mean uh, yeah sid and milton are kind of like well Milton in, in particular is, you know, pretty, pretty easygoing. And he's, he's just agreeing with everybody most of the time, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty soft spoken. Um, but to me, like, so yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching it. The chase starts and I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it. I've got a smile on my face. I don't start guffawing laughing though until Phil Silvers hits the screen. Once Phil Silvers hits the screen and just starts berating everybody, I was like, this is, uh, yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't, every time he's on the screen, he's just, there's the, the images of him, you know, taking that little car and going up the hill and back down the hill and yelling at the kid or trying to convince the kid, trying to be nice to someone and yet still yelling at them. The only the way that Phil Silvers can do that. It's just, yeah, to watch him work is just amazing. And uh, not only are these guys pioneers, uh, in in comedy, television, and movies, uh, but uh, you know it's been a long time since this movie was made, and it's been a long time since we've lost these folks. And you know, to say that we will never see their like again is is an understanding. I mean, there's nobody like Milton Berle. There's nobody yeah. like Buddy Hackett. There's nobody that's doing what Mickey Rooney was doing, what Phil Silvers was doing. Any of these guys, there's nobody doing that stuff now. Uh, if you were to make this now, it would be a completely, you know, I mean, you could probably get away with it, but it'd be a completely different experience. Right. Because the comedy style would be completely different. Yes. I mean, because yes. you, you'd look at, at what they were doing back then was developing the style of comedy that was perfect for a film like this. If you were to have a, a film like this now and you were using all comedians, I mean, I honestly couldn't think of who all you'd get. And also I mean, the, the egos would get in the way too. The much egos too. would certainly get in the way. I mean, you'd see I mean it'd be easy to do some cameo appearances now. Like obviously, you know, it's a it's a road chase film. You're gonna have an appearance by Jay and Silent Bob. Um you know, because you can put them anywhere, shoot for a day and and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just something that like Kevin Smith and Jason Muse would want to do. But I don't know how many other how many other people in Hollywood would be willing to go, oh, I'm the driver who runs over a hat. I I think it'd be one of those things that if it was like the cool thing to do, mm-hmm. then you'd see a lot of people get on board just because they wanted to be part of it, you know. Yeah. Um but but to the point, I don't know what it would look like. And you raise an the comedy in this, the comedy is different then. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it still works, but I don't know. I mean, you couldn't make a lot of these jokes now, right? I mean, this is a different kind of comedy. This is a kind of comedy that is not always PC. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Just say a skiffle merman. Come on. (laughs) Well, to that point um this is not a, a woman's movie right i mean i don't know how you felt watching this ashley but there's not a lot of women characters to really get behind it. yeah definitely it is very much weighted to white male comedians so that would be something interesting to see if it was made today a more diverse cast that would maybe be the the one reason why I would like to see something of the scale attempted just because there's so many funny people out there, but just due to the time in Hollywood that it was, 
some of those people wouldn't have had the opportunity to be on screen. And that's not to take anything away from the performers who were in this movie who did a wonderful job, but just seeing things like this just does remind us that there weren't as many wide opportunities for people that could have been in this film if they'd had more opportunities and doors open for them. Yeah, I'd heard that uh, Lucille Ball, Martha Ray, Joan Davis, and Imogen Coca were approached. But um, to be honest, I would have been really surprised to see Lucille Ball in here because there's nothing yeah. for her to do. Yeah. Like, it, I can't imagine, she's not going to be, you know, one of the wives that's just, you know, is going to be, and she's, you know, the only significant female role that you have is uh, Ethel Merman, really. Yeah. She's the villain. Of the <laughs> yes, piece, <right>? yes. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Just think of how quick of a movie it would be if Ethel Merman wasn't in yeah. this movie. You know? <laughs> and and she's beautiful in this movie. I mean, she takes so many chances. She's allowed, she allows herself to be, you know, uh, poked, prodded, punched, like, I mean, <laughs> uh, berated uh, and everything and all at the expense of a joke. She's, she's really like an amazing, amazing performer. In she's this fantastic. Um, the the lack of uh, Lucille Ball in this film is actually the reason why the Lucys were added into the movie Rat Race. Really, and it was supposed to be a a uh, a, a writing of the wrongs, as it were, that she wasn't in. It's a mad, 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 mad world. So they represented her in a movie that was similar to It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk about favorite scenes, favorite moments. Um, One of my favorite scenes, I really enjoyed the part where Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney are trying to fly the airplane. I'm someone who has very extreme airplane anxiety. So that scene both makes me laugh and horrifies me. Just the fact that you have the pilot, just they're bringing him drinks and he's drinking while flying, which is obviously a no-no. And then he passes out and then they're having to fly the plane and get directions. It's just hilarious. Like that would be my worst nightmare in real life to be on a plane like that. But it just, it works really well in a comedic sense, just seeing those two attempt to fly a plane and just the fact that they chartered a plane anyway to get into this ridiculous situation that really cracked me up. I also enjoyed the couple in the hardware store, which is just funny as it continues to escalate and escalate as they're trying to get out. Um, and then seeing, of course, everyone trying to find the treasure at the very end, the, the trees shaped like a W are right there in front of them, but nobody is smart enough to see it. And it's just great. There are so many little gems of a moment in this movie, but those are just some of my favorites. Yeah, except for the wife. Uh, yes. Wife is smart enough to see it, and then the the moment where uh, you know I think Jonathan Winters is the first of the crew to notice it, and when when he, he, run, like, yeah, he and runs through like, it, exactly. Wait a minute, <laughs> he, he runs through it, like goes forward, stops, and is like, "What did I just see?" Like it just, hey <laughs> fellas, yeah. you get like, the beautiful thing about Jonathan Williams, you can always tell what's going on in that brain. He just he wears it on his sleeve. Um, Alex, what about you? Favorite favorite moments? I am actually going to the beginning of the film because without this moment, this beautifully subtle moment, this moment of 
pure sublime subtlety in which Jimmy Durante kicks the bucket. <laughs> Literally. 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 <laughs> this movie establishes what kind of comedy it is by having Jimmy Durante die by kicking the bucket. I if you if you go into this movie not knowing anything about it and you see this happen and bam that occurs suddenly you go oh okay yeah i i think the kids today would say oh it's gonna be full of dad jokes it's gonna be full of dad jokes and you know what it's full of dad jokes it's, it's wonderful yep. It's pretty awesome, I thought. And I, lo- <laughs> yeah. I love Buddy Hackett. If he gets up again, I'm going to knock him one. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely feel like, uh, I, I think because that like sets up the comedy for the rest of the film, I think it's my favorite scene in the film. Because after that, it's just like, all right, let's see what happens next. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Oh, geez. Um I'm going to have to say the car chase at the end. The, you know, when they realize that Culpepper is actually taking the money <laughs> and it is just, it's a great, great uh, trip through Long Beach, California, basically where they're driving and then, you know, chasing them up through the abandoned building and, you know, then the whole scene with them on the fire truck. It's just awesome. And it's just like seeing how they end up and everything. And it it was fun. I love that scene. And a, But a close runner-up is when the two gas attendants, you know, try to capture Jonathan Winters because they think he's an escaped inmate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and literally, he the brand new gas station that opened in the middle of the desert and gone. History literally torn apart it it was just awesome uh i'm gonna go to something that appears even earlier in the movie than uh than you mentioned alex uh and i really appreciate it in this time uh the credits by saul bass are uh, just yeah. so beautiful uh saul bass doesn't that art is gone the art of doing really fun creative entertaining credits is gone. at least for opening well yeah i mean nobody sticks around for the end unless it's a marvel movie and yeah. even then only half yes, people do yes um so so they're gonna miss out on that stuff you know and and it used to be you know it used to be something that i think movies had to had to contend with they had to open with something that was going to set the mood that was going to you know tell the tale and entertain and get all this information out there in a timely fashion and it wasn't always easy i mean certainly the james bond movies have a reputation of course of of having those famous uh opening numbers yeah. but um there's the you know and i think hitchcock has worked with saul bass and and saul did a couple of other things uh for other uh folks as well but man just to see it in this one it's just i mean it it's a fun fun uh thing just on its own uh like a little short thing with with uh, a movie like this one with the opening that it has uh it 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 we i weirdly go in two completely different directions with it when i'm thinking about it uh one would be the opening for magnificent men and their flying machines which does a very robust animated style uh opening and the opening for greece um, yes. which is very 
seventies style fifties, um, uh, with with the over the top greaserness, but it's that same vibe. It it brings you into the film, um, to the point where you can be just prepared to enjoy yourself. Yeah, I also am reminded of the uh, Pink Panther. Uh, yes, opening, opening credit numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's just great stuff. Um. Other things you want to mention about the uh, the movie, uh, little things. Um, I always uh, like to tell people who are watching this for the first time to, uh, you know, try to spot the tiki. Oh, that's the whole scenes <laughs> at Sylvester's home. <laughs> it's it's pretty. It's yeah. It's if you miss it, you're not looking because yeah. it's pretty much like right there. If this was in 3D, uh, it would be in your face. <laughs> of course. You know, with the with the with the girl dancing there, maybe you don't see it, and I can I can understand that. But uh, uh, yeah, so there's a tiki there. Um, also, uh, this time I had realized that um, uh, Khan, you know, Gang, uh, Khan Noonien Sung, Mark Karamatabon's uh, love interest in Star Trek, is actually in this movie. Uh, uh, Madeline Rose, she plays um, uh, one of the police officers assistance there so i'm like oh there's got some uh i don't know if there's any other geeky ties if you guys noticed any other ties to geekdom not not so much for that but uh, uh, still a sense of geekdom because i'd forgotten the selma diamond yeah uh, from night court film from night court she's mm. the voice of the of culpepper's wife yeah, yeah. Um and I'd forgotten that she was in it. And also uh we've mentioned him a couple of times already, but uh Norman Fell, uh who I didn't know uh had done anything prior to uh uh Three's Company. <laughs> so, well you also ha- you also had Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons as the police captain. Oh, there you go. So yep. you had uh yep, William D- uh Dummerist. Yeah. We have uh Sterling Holloway. Yes. Uh, who's in this? Of course, the uh, voice of Pooh uh, yep. for uh, decades. I didn't know he yeah. was from Georgia. Did you guys know that? Yeah. He was from yeah. Yes. Yep. So. He was the first firefighter that actually came up the ladder and said, All right, so you're yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, another Disney voice is uh, the sheriff. Uh, I'm trying to look now to see who played him. Is that Stan Freeberg? Yeah, he was the deputy sheriff. Stan Freeberg. He was, yeah, deputy. Yeah. He, he was the one behind the main sheriff. He was the yeah. one with the crew cut. No, no. Okay, so not that guy, but the guy who's yeah. um um ah, man, he because he did the voice of the um. Uh, see, I'm messing up. He did the voice of he was he's in the he did the voice a voice in Robin Hood, Disney's Robin Hood. Oh, that was Andy Devine. Who was the sheriff of Crockett yes. County, California? Right. Yes. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Uh, so some uh, we've already mentioned Buster Keaton. As we mentioned, Don Knotts. I can't stop laughing at Don Knotts. He's just <laughs> he yeah. and Phil Silvers. I'm like, why didn't they have a TV show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. And like the Jerry Lu- the Jerry Lewis scene. Was just like boom right away. Yeah. He was just yeah, in- just like the like the the Jack Benny scene. Oh. It's, well, I mean, it's not as fast because Jack just just stares. <laughs> yeah. You get this like it feels like thirty forty seconds of him just staring at the screen and then going ah well and then leaving. 
uh, <laughs> um, man, uh, any any other mentions? We we've mentioned it briefly, but obviously, you know, I mean, it, if you're a guy who's who's digging on slapstick comedy, uh, and I I, it's, I I hate to even say, it, you got to be a guy for it. Uh, definitely, the Three Stooges appearance, sure, is is just so terrific because it is so unbelievably free. <laughs> yeah they, all they have to do is stand there and it, yeah. yeah it's curly yeah. joe but all they have to do is stand there yeah they look, i know it was sad judy was like they look so old yeah. you know, there. it was like oh yeah it's like yeah well this is in the 60s already and most of their stuff was the 30s and 40s yeah so. yeah it would have been i don't i don't it would have been interesting it would have been like like for whatever reason having the the r gang somewhere yeah. in the uh in the film somewhere yeah. like in the background mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah having it, having the three stooges having buster keaton having yeah. joey brown yeah. those are that's 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 cinema lineage right there I mean, oh that, yeah those those are like long time uh movie guys yeah. um and like you mentioned you know it's sort of like a passing of the torch you got some young talent in there too i mean they're not brand new they're not babies but I mean, I think this is one of the earliest times you'll see Peter Falk, right? It's early Peter Falk. It's Jonathan Winter's first film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because he did yeah. mostly stand up and he appeared right. on specials and stuff, sure, like sure. on Ed Sullivan and stuff like that. Because if you remember, Jonathan Winter's was a lot of improv. He mm-hmm. was the Robin Williams of his time. And so you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth <laughs> at all. That. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome with that. You know, I also liked uh, some of the women. I liked Edie Adams um, as the dentist's wife, Monica. She mm-hmm. her reactions were great, especially when they were locked in the hardware store. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I don't like big bangs, <laughs> and, you know. And it says, oh, it's going to be a small one. It's going to fall, and then all the fireworks go off and everything like that. Just, just try the door one more time. One more time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, all right, I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, well, that ends badly. Oh, uh, I think God. we've I think we've all been there. Um as far as actually particularly uh, I want to ask you this question, as far as because I know you're probably not as familiar with a lot of these people's work. Is there anybody that's in this movie that you're like, uh I'm that I'm in so impressed with them, I would be interested to seek out their Yeah, their no, work. I think this is such a fun kind of rogues gallery of all the great comedians. I'd be interested in seeing more of Ethel Merman stuff just because she does such a great job of being the butt of all the jokes. (laughs) And I would be interested in seeing her in other types of performances as well. Ethel's one of those uh, actresses that, of course, she's most known for, uh, you know, belting out. Um, oh, you know, for Broadway. Just Broadway. Yeah. 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 Uh, belting out Everything's Coming Up Roses. Uh, um, and definitely, I would recommend seeing um, uh, Gypsy as uh, her performances in Gypsy. She didn't do the movie version of it. No. Uh, but uh, she originated, I think, the. Um, you could the hear the Broadway, Broadway soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but she did a lot of, um, you know, she did a lot of comedies. She worked with Bob Hope and Jimmy Durante before, uh, she's in the movie. There's no business like show business. That's another song I think she's known mm-hmm. for. 
Uh, but she's not really known for her comedy per se. I think she's mostly known as for her, her booming voice. So it's, it's cool to see her in this really just go all in as far as the comedy that's requested of her. And we, we will see her again in a comedic role. Mm. Very one. soon. Very briefly. <laughs> a very, very brief one uh, coming up uh, pretty soon, right? Over Macho Picchu. <laughs> <laughs> Never been over Macho Picchu. Um, uh, um, she also has um, probably one of uh, the more famous early episodes of The Muppet Show. Yes. Um, wow. Which is wonderful because she does There's No Business Like Show Business with oh, That's great. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, definitely worth seeking out. Uh, she's wonderful in it. Um, obviously, because again, it's one of those things where she's such a talent that you give her what you want, and she'll give you that and more. Um, so I really think that uh, yeah, she was she was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. and- she was also if you another one you might want to check out. Also, if you want to see more of her, is mm-hmm. Annie Get Your Gun? Yes, mm-hmm. good call there. Good call mm-hmm. there. Um. All right, so we've mentioned this is a, a game changer as far as comedic films, uh, particularly like getting a bunch of uh, folks together uh, with a you know very simple plot and just letting it go from there, letting everybody do their thing, really. Uh, and we see that time and time again. Um, is this the best one of those movies? Is this the best kind of uh, comedic gathering movie or... Uh, are there others of this uh, that are sort of like this that you would sort of recommend? I think we've already mentioned Cannonball Run. Yeah. It seems kind of silly to mention it in the in well in the same breath as this as far as quality, but I think I think they're pretty solid, right? Yeah, I, the first Cannonball Run, at the very least, um, I feel is if you're looking for goofy slapstick entertainment with a diversified starred cast that's not three and a half hours long <laughs> with an intermission um and more car chases and crashes then yeah i think i think cannonball run cannonball runs a fine um uh, a, a fine of uh, in the lineage of, I wasn't going to say replacement or anything like that. Um, It certainly trumps million dollar movie, um, which was a comedy that was released, I believe in the 1980s. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with that one. Had the exact same premise and plot of it's a mad, 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 mad world. I believe rich hall from not necessarily the news was the biggest name in the movie and the, and, and the, uh, the the gimmick for the film was, and, and, and they, by telling you this, they tell you that the people in the movie don't find the money because the gimmick for this movie was you solve the clues, you go find the million dollars that the studio had buried somewhere with the idea of having a fan of this movie figure it out and go find the money. The problem was this million dollar movie, I think made $27 at the box office. <laughs> so much to the point that nobody knows what this movie is. 
Mm-hmm. So the money's still there. Is that what you're I, I no, I'm sure somebody came by and picked it up. <laughs> there was another. There's another movie that came out back in 1980 mm-hmm. that Alex knows very well called basically Midnight Madness. Midnight Madness. Yes, with Eddie Deason. Which is very similar to yeah. this kind of movie and everything, and not to the level this movie was, but yeah. it it captured some of the spirit from a it. Lo- a lot of the spirit and um, wound up launching. You still have being a part of launching uh, several big names. Michael J. Fox uh, plays a major role while not being the lead role uh, in Midnight Madness. Mm-mm, the Dr. Pepper guy was. Yeah, yeah, the Dr. Pepper guy from uh, what was, Ameri- what was the American name? Werewolf in London. Well, yeah, it was American Werewolf in London, but he was also <laughs> on the. Uh, Oh, it, there was a television show involving a a uh, a restaurant at the top of a building, and it was all about the waitresses. Oh, and he it. was on that show too. And I cannot the one with Ann Jillian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called. I just remember. I just keep and, nodding. And Ashley's like, I have Nodding's no idea. Smile. Ashley's Nodding's like, I don't smile. know what an Ann Jillian is. I don't know what Doctor Pepper. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Doctor Pepper is. <laughs> I just keep nodding. Um, but yeah, no, Midnight Midnight Madness was uh I honestly I think it was the Dis- it was a Disneyfied uh version of it's a mad 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 world. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was a lot of fun. I remember, you know, watching it in high school. Of course, I thought rock and roll was good when I was in high school. So there you go. Judge. Uh I already mentioned uh those magnificent men and their flying machines. Yeah. Uh that's one that's definitely it's not got a huge cast of recognizable people it's more i think more european uh so uh you'll see if you you know but uh red skeleton's in it uh who is uh was missing from this movie yeah uh and it's got james fox and and benny hill is in it as well so Mm -hmm. um uh and then there's another one that tony curtis was in you remember uh one of those uh like that as well that um uh it's not called i thought it was magnificent men in their flying machine but it's something else and i'm gonna look it up real quick but um yeah there's three well two two and an unofficial see, uh, third movie to cannonball run right uh speed zone speed zone right with john candy and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah was, i think the only person that transferred over from the cannonball films was jamie farr the Tucker. uh <laughs> The uh, um, the the actually Tony Curtis in two movies that I was that apply here. One is Rat Race, uh, oh, which is yeah. 1960, okay. uh, and the other one was uh, the Daring Young Men and their Jaunty Jalopies. Oh, okay. uh, which has got uh, Peter Cook, uh, Tony Curtis, uh, Gert Frobe, Dudley Moore, you know, a bunch of other folks in it too. So mm-hmm. we 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 should mention the. Um... Uh, the the other rat race film uh, featuring Rowan Atkinson and John Cleese um, uh, uh, was it Brecken Meyer I think is in that one yes um, uh, Dean Kane is in it for like two minutes ah. um, and it's it's all about uh, a Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, the uh, and the the uh, aforementioned uh, 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 Lucy impersonators so. So bottom line is there's a lot of uh a lot of other movies that kind of are in this vein. Pretenders uh, to the throne. Yeah, well, yeah. This is <laughs> this is the big daddy, right? This is the one that uh we recommend everybody check out, right? Yes. 
Is there, oh, is, there is there anything? Is there any uh, uh, folks against this? Mm-mm. No. So, oh, the Great Race—that's another one, 1965. Mm-hmm. That's Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis and yeah. uh, Peter Falk. So, yeah, the right, thing the enough. thing with this movie is, I'm already looking forward to watching it again. Yeah. Even though yeah. I just watched it last night. Yeah, I mean, you could. It's it's one of those ones that's definitely, if it's on, I will tune in and I'll if, probably see the Three Stooges again. I'm going to scare everybody and tell you it's available on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, I believe it's available also if you have Amazon Prime. That's how I watched yeah. it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's free on Amazon Prime. It, and free with ads on YouTube. Oh, gotcha. mm-hmm. and I got oh, the that, must, that must make it five hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you can lump all of the ads together at once, and then every five seconds hit skip. It was interesting because I had the Criterion version of this, and the restore oh. they did was oh, wow. beautiful. It it was just it was so clean and so so bright. It was just awesome. And everything. you know, with with all these uh, retro uh, movies going to drive-ins and theaters alike or whatever it would be a great time to i would love to see this on the big screen i've never seen it on the big screen this would be a fun one to see on the big screen yeah, again be... Just, but but give it the real full quote-unquote hollywood treatment yeah give it, it was... that that special moment um, when I was living in Los Angeles, and just this will be real quick, when I was living in L.A., they were doing the 48th anniversary of It's a Mad, Mad, Bad World. And they had the they had basically whoever, you know, was still alive came out for it. So you oh. still had you still had Jonathan Winters. You still had Peter Falk at the time. You Sid still Caesar. Had, Caesar. You had, of course, Mel Brooks was there with... Of course, you know, you know, you had Rob Reiner, but you also had Carl Reiner. You had, you know, you had all these celebrities. Ethel Merman, no, she had passed already, but it was just, it was amazing to see who they could get. And it was just awesome. And the, what they, you know, there's even tours of Southern California to show you the places where this was shot and everything. Cause Santa Rosita is not a real place. Shocker, you know. Huh. <laughs> You mean there's no real big W? No, the trees are actually gone now. <laughs> I was reading an article about that earlier. <laughs> ah, curses! Someone should—they, you know—that's a—that's a missed opportunity. Someone needs to put trees like that there, and then that people make pilgrimages. Of course, they might get a lot of people digging around. So that—that's that's the big problem: is people showing up with shovels. <laughs> but and you know, this day and age, getting your selfie near the big W. Of course, I, you know, you'd have to be in the know. Of course. All right. Well, I think we've covered this as much as we can right now anyway. But um, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we'll be right back with uh, to close out the show. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do. Then sit around the house, get high and watch it too. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the top five animated shows you should check out on Disney+. So, I talk a lot about the TV shows that I watch, and I figured I would go through different streaming services, some that you may have and some that you may not have. I'm going to try and hit a whole bunch of them so I get a good mix of what people may be able to watch and what they may want to check out. 
and I'm going to give you my top five lists for the shows on them. Now, I'm going to talk about animated shows this week. I won't always talk about animated shows. I'll talk about some live action as well, just to give you a good mix. But I'm going to start out with Disney Plus this week. I picked animated shows for Disney Plus because they have so many amazing animated shows to choose from. To start off with, I chose DuckTales, the DuckTales reboot, that is. The new DuckTales series is fantastic. The stories are interesting, the characters are well-developed, and you care for them. And you also have that little bit of nostalgia in there to top it off, which makes this show great for a younger audience and an older audience. This show is super fun, and it easily has become one of my favorite animated shows made in the last few years. Next up is Tangled the Series. This show follows Rapunzel, Eugene, and all the characters we met in the Rapunzel movies, as well as some new faces. The animation in this show is fantastic, and the storylines are really great. This was an incredibly surprising show to me with how the stories are and how very different they are from the movie. I really thought this was going to be a show for only kids and that they would enjoy. However, I was wrong. It's so interesting and fun. They also have some really wonderful music and animation sequences to follow those musical numbers. Like, legit check this show out. Third on the list is Amphibia. This is an original show on Disney about a young girl who gets trapped in a land of talking frogs. Her goal is to find her two friends who are also trapped there and get home. She befriends a family of frogs named the Planters and has a whole bunch of really fun adventures with them. This show is really fun and pulls at your heartstrings a few times too. Next up is Gravity Falls. I will never stop telling people to watch this amazing series. It is the story of Dipper and Mabel Pines and their summer spent at their great uncle's house in Gravity Falls, Oregon. The stories are smart, have a lot of Easter eggs in them for later on down the road in the seasons, and it's such a great watch. I have rewatched these episodes so much and they never, ever get old. And last on that list of my five shows that you should watch on Disney Plus is Star vs. the Forces of Evil. This show is about a young princess who travels to Earth and befriends a young boy named Marco. She has to fight evil from her world who are trying to steal her wand while she is also dealing with being a teenager. It gets weird and silly at times and has a lot of emotion in the stories. Just overall, it's super fun and some great storytelling. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. that's going to wrap up another episode of the earth station one podcast i want to thank everyone for joining us tonight hopefully you guys found it entertaining hopefully you guys were able to figure out the clues and find out where we buried the treasure we've been secretly posting throughout the show you'll just have to wait listen and find out again so remember big w 
that's all we have to say. There's but, a joke in there somewhere, so I'm not going to say that's yeah. That's all we have to say. There is a joke in there. Where it is, it's buried. I don't know. <laughs> along, along with our sense of humor tonight. So there you go. And let's thank our movie people first for being here. Ashley, thank you so so much. Oh, thank you. It is always a pleasure to chat movies with you all. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. We chatted about Hamilton quite a bit last week. So that inspired me to, I earlier this year, I picked up an inexpensive copy of the HBO series, John Adams, and am really enjoying that. So if you're looking for stuff to keep you entertained as, of course, we're all spending more time at home and theaters are not open. If you enjoyed Hamilton, this is a different take on a different founding father. So there's not there's not as much cool music in John Adams, but I'm very much enjoying it. John so. Adams. <laughs> not quite as exciting as Alexander Hamilton sometimes, but still a very, very good series. That's the one with uh, Paul Giamatti, am I right? Yep. Okay. Yes. No. yes. The HBO series. It was, yeah. it was awesome. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, good call. There's Very not call. a ton of movies about the uh, that time period, as I was uh, mentioning, yes. and that's a that's a good example of one. Yeah. If you want to see another, if you do out. want to see another musical though about that era, pick up 1776. Awesome. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, it is awesome. Oh, oh. Sorry, I'm Ooh, not. Fight, I'm not. Fight, I'm not. Fight, I'm not a fan. Fight. I'm not a fan of 76. Yeah, do so at your peril. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that like it. Like, so. Including myself, we actually, we actually, when we went to Williamsburg with school, when I was growing up, they actually showed it to us on the big screen and everything. It was pretty awesome. I just think if you're making a musical, you should hire people who can sing. Well, you don't want. (laughs) Excuse me, excuse me, Russell Crowe and Lame Is. Oh yeah, hello. See, oh come on, Pierce Bronson in, uh, or at least, or at least dub them. You know. Come on. And of course, Alex. Uh, glad to be back. Um, feels like a long time, but uh, so I'm, I'm glad I got to be here for the night. That is awesome. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Just a real quick shout out and thank you to uh, all the teachers who are going to be making a very difficult sacrifice for themselves um, simply because we can't sit at home for two weeks. Um, so bless you all and stay safe and healthy. Here, here. Completely agree with that. Very good one, Alex. And Mr. Mike, you made it through another one. I did. Um, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? I do. I want to give a shout out to Greg Rucka, who uh, most people know. If you don't know, he's a he's a writer of uh, comics and novels. Uh, I've liked his material for a long, long time. He specializes in stories involving um, women protagonists, uh, usually action or spy oriented. Uh, His latest uh, graphic novel is now uh, a movie on Netflix, which he wrote the screenplay of, which is called The Old Guard. And it stars Charlize Theron. And it is really fun. And uh, Greg did a kick-ass job on this script it's a great fun property uh i watched it over the weekend and i i want to see more i want them to make this a series uh it was a lot of fun so i'm happy for greg because he's you know he's getting his name out there on a whole new platform and uh and it's a it's a great vehicle to do that with awesome i've heard great things about that one even though nobody sings in it oh well (laughs) (laughs) that you know of 
Uh, that, there you go. So it would be interesting to see. And I've heard, you know, it's supposed to be awesome. I heard she, uh, Charlize Theon, hurt herself a lot in this one. She, After- I, I, I believe it. There's, she's pretty intense when she. Look, I've seen a lot of her action. She doesn't, she doesn't just let the stunt woman come and take her, do her stuff. She, she's very hands on. Uh, she can handle herself. But uh, let's face it, none of us are getting any younger. And uh, yeah, so um, she, she, you could tell that she goes through the, through the hell in this movie. So, no, but I think totally she gives understand. as much as she gets. So, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, my shout out is to a series that Judy and I just got done watching on Amazon Prime. It's called Hunters. It stars Al Pacino as basically forms a group of Nazi hunters and basically takes place in the 1970s and based off of some truths, but a lot fiction. And it was really interesting how it ties in. It almost feels like the story was done by Quentin Tarantino and it was a lot of fun and it wasn't all serious. And I was really impressed with the 10 episode series. I don't know if it's coming back for a second season. They set it up that they could, but we'll have to wait and see and definitely worth checking out. Speaking of checking out, we will be back again next week. And we are going to be looking at the music of James Bond. That's right. We're going to talk about all the different themes. We're going to be talking about the main themes. But do you know every James Bond movie had an alternate theme? And we will be talking all about that, including some of the themes done by Elvis, Johnny Cash, and others. It should be a lot of fun. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Peace. And we are done. Boom. Huzzah. Huzzah. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.